Welcome to What We Started EDM, where we talk with producers, DJs, managers, labels, bunch of creators, and really anyone with experience in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Ted, and I talk EDM. Today, we speak with After Party, a dubstep producer slash DJ based in Phoenix, Arizona, with over half a million plays on SoundCloud alone. While many artists have turned away from SoundCloud, After Party has proven that there's still a lot of potential on there. In this episode, we talk about how to find a community to support your growth as a producer. We talk about the power of posting high-quality music on SoundCloud. And we talk about the importance of having a partner that supports and believes in you. You do not want to miss this episode. Then, yeah, Joe, I really just want to learn more about how you got started in music in the first place, like going back all the way to whenever it started to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, growing up, I played like sports my whole life. So went and played like collegiate sports. And for me, you know, once sports are done, you're just like, man, like I spent all these years, you know, doing these things and what do I do now? So mm. I just thought back, you know, in college, I was like, man, what was that one thing that I just loved doing? And I go, oh, my buddy, he let me mix on his, you know, DJ mixer. And I go, dude, that was super fun. So like, let's just try it out, you know, just go get one. So I did. At the time, I was still living in my parents' basements. I was a bedroom DJ, just coming home after work, mixing in just my favorite tracks. And and over time, I was like, man, this is really fun. So now I'm just over here DJing and whatnot. And my buddy lived in the city still. Mm. And he's like, dude, we should, like, you should bring your mix over and we should just, like, throw some parties after these shows. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. So, you know, my buddy, Matt, <laughs> he just went in on this like speaker for his, his like his old college house that he's still living in. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, we just throwing some parties like after these big shows in the city. So that's really like where it all started. And um, it was just for fun at first, just having fun doing our thing. And then eventually it started getting more serious. I was like, you know what? Like I'm having so much fun, like doing this um, in order to like really progress. You got to start like making your own music. So mm-hmm. uh, that's when I decided to start learning the basics of Ableton. I had some tips from some other buddies who were like, hey, this is a great course um, in Minnesota, up there in the Minneapolis Art District. They have a really good program, um, Slam Academy, for anyone who wants to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, basically, they taught me in and out of Ableton and sound design. And that's kind of where that all started back in like 2019. So that's um, that has been my journey until then. And then I just kept at it slowly but surely. It's one of those things like the beginning is definitely the worst, like the beginning of it all. It's like terrible. Like (laughs) it's such a learning curve. You're overwhelmed, but you know, you just got to stick through it. Um, I was fortunate enough to play, have some buddies that were in the industry in Minnesota that hooked me up with some just like pop-up shows at some of the venues. And I got to play out some of the bigger ones eventually. And then I met one of the owners of one of the larger venues in Minnesota. So I was pretty fortunate to, be able to play on the big stage really early on in my career, just really with not a lot of experience. Um, yeah. But at that point, you're just DJing. So I took a break. Um, COVID hit actually, naturally, like COVID just mm-hmm. hit and everything stopped. So um, that's really where I just kind of honed in on the production side and started taking more classes, learning and learning and learning. And fast forward, ended up moving out of Minnesota about two years ago to Arizona. Um, mostly just because the weather and you know yes. a lot of our peace <laughs> now. Um, so yeah, man. Then we moved here, and I you know found some other programs with some other mentors, and really just started honing in and launching my brand. So 
I think I released my first track officially like a year and a half ago on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first oh, artist yeah. release. So that was uh, super exciting. And I've just continued to grow ever since. And now fast forward till today, ended up playing, um, doing a DJ competition here um, for Gold Rush Music Festival. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting third place and I played like all original tracks, which was really cool. Dude. So, so cool. Yeah, man. And we yeah. had gold last weekend and then here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Exciting, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the name After Party, does that originate from when you first started DJing? You yeah. Parties? It, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> from straight after parties, like from like three to like sometimes like six, seven AM, just ripping it and ripping it. So Yeah, man. Yeah. And you, you touched on something that I think everyone goes through is when you're a beginner in music production. There is this huge learning curve. You really feel like you don't know how to do anything. And it's really demotivating at times because you're not really making anything that sounds good. <laughs> how do you, how did you push through that? Because you, I mean, I listen to some of your stuff and it sounds professional. Top oh, quality. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's a marathon, not a sprint. So mm-hmm. early on, it's very easy to get discouraged for me. I just, you know, kept learning and it was just finding new tools to learn. So a big thing was finding other mentors and like people who are doing the things that I wanted to do and watching their master classes, like taking these courses on how to get better at certain aspects of the music. Um, so to simplify it, really just kind of like breaking it down and then understanding the individual elements and then you can bring it together. So mm-hmm. For me, it was understanding Ableton, then just understanding like sound and then just like a workflow was huge for me. So Mm -hmm. I ended up finding an online program with some other guys that went to Icon, which is like the state of the art music (laughs) school. Uh, A lot of big artists from there. And they kind of just taught me the workflow that they have to get from point A to point B. And that really is where I started to take off and started making like my own songs that sounded a lot better. So Mm-hmm. yeah definitely. so you are oh, you, oh, no. you you initially learned how to use ableton at the school in minnesota right yep so just very fundamental level yeah yeah and then you just built from that yeah. yep so so that just kind of gave me the basis of like what things do <laughs> like yeah. oh, this, this. <laughs> and that took away a lot of the ambiguity of oh my gosh like where do i even begin it's mm-hmm. more so like okay well i know what this does I, this is what I need to start on a track and just slowly building on that foundation. Yeah, man. And can you talk more about that workflow that you're referring to that you got from the guys at Icon? Yeah. So that I started with them like two years ago, um, reached out Facebook was like, Hey man, like I they're just, you know, just saying what's up. Like, I think, you know, mm-hmm. I'd love to have a conversation with you. So really um, as far as like the workflow goes, um but this program is pretty cool he's like well a lot of people struggle and this is like very true for people early on just like finishing a track is a nightmare mm-hmm. like from a completed from start to finish so um for his program he really takes you from like the beginning of like conceptualizing your idea how to build the skeleton of a song the like the foundation work and mm-hmm. then just filling in the gaps and then um eventually like the mixing and mastering level so Um, If anything, it was just like, all right, cool. Well, you just get the basis of what you want. A big part of it is just being organized. So Mm -hmm. 
every time I have the same template, it's just got all my channels and stuff ready to go. And then I have my segments of my songs, like the arrangement already existing. So when I open up my Ableton, everything is like ready to go. I have the eight bars for the buildup. I have, you know, the 816 bars for that first drop and then the breakdown all ready to go. So it just takes some of the thinking out of it. And that's like really helped me just become more creative because I'm not thinking of how to start. I'm thinking of, okay, well, I have this idea in my head. How do I execute it type situation? Mm-hmm. And that probably saved you a lot of time too. Like you have this idea in your head, you want to get it down as fast as possible. And you, rather than having to to go through like, what what's the layout going to look like and all this other stuff, you already have that in template, right? In Ableton? Yeah, so it's already templated out. And for me, I usually just, like have this idea. So a part of my current workflow is I'll think of like a pre-drop vocal. I don't know why it starts with that um, in my head. And then I'll have that and I'll be like, just beatboxing in my head, like what I want it to Mm -hmm. sound like. And that kind of gives me the fundamental basis of what I want the drop to be. Um, And I work backwards from there. Yeah, man. That sounds super helpful. Just having a good workflow to consistently follow. So a lot of the people I've talked to on here, Oh, I think a lot of producers in general don't have a, like a go-to workflow. It comes from many different ways. But you typically follow the same workflow, it sounds like? Yeah. So having the same system down is what allows me to just log in and then get my work done. I have like yes. all my channel plugins set up and it's more so just you can let your creativity flow versus the trying to set everything up and, and whatnot. That's so, so cool, man. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you learned when you were learning about producing that was super helpful that you can think of? Um, definitely like going out and learning from other people as well, like mm-hmm. other producers, getting feedback from other guys who are on the labels that I wanted to be on. And sometimes, you know, you're going to hear things that is going to hurt your ego a little bit, you know, like, it's, it's very common, like when starting out, you get really attached. And um, I saw this little video from Cashmere and he goes, and it helped me like compartmentalize it. He was like, you know what, your first track is not going to be, you know, the headliner at EDC Vegas. Like it's not going to be the million stream track. So you just got to keep working at it and creating more and more and more. So for me, it was just like not trying to get so hung up on being a perfectionist. It's just like getting the idea down and completing it and then getting feedback from when I thought I was producing some, what I considered some pretty good music. And then like having another artist tell me like, it needs a lot of work. And that was very Mm -hmm. humbling for me. And that allowed me to get beyond that threshold and become better. Mm -hmm. How did you go about like finding these people and reaching out to them? These other artists. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of artists, um, like communicate through like Facebook groups, there's a lot of like Facebook, I know is pretty much like dead on like a social media level, like for people our age, but yeah. that's where a lot of engagement happens, um, for like communities. So, um, mm-hmm. a lot of artists are always like reaching out and they have their, like, they'll just like plug their stuff. Like, Hey, anyone looking for some help with production and they'll just post it. And then you just DM them, um, on Facebook. So that's kind of the main avenue that I've met. Most of my production is just through Facebook um, connections. Awesome. I never would have thought to use Facebook. So that's like very insightful. Yeah, yeah. there's a, a <laughs> lot of communities <laughs> for sure. Awesome, man. So you already talked kind of about how you got into DJing. 
how did you learn and how did you grow in DJing to where you are now? Yeah, so um, if I could do it all over again, I probably would learn production first um, mm. and then be <laughs> a DJ. Just it's so much harder. But for me, mm. it was just like self-taught stuff, just like coming home, sitting there. And what really helped me become good at DJing is I would listen to my favorite mixes. So like mm. at the time, like Riot 10 was one of my favorite artists. And like I would listen to like a Riot 10 mix. I'm like, oh, man, like do you hear how he like transitions and the, how he does his buildups? And that's how I based my, my mixing was how they would do it. I would try to imitate those guys. And that's how I got pretty decent. I would say um, early on is just kind of being a perfectionist mm. mixing. Um, so like I released, so really how I kind of just started getting things going is I just created a mix and I just posted it on SoundCloud, just had no expectations, just, put together my favorite songs and all of a sudden like it started gaining like a lot of traction like randomly i'm mm-hmm. just some you know better guy with maybe 100 followers on soundcloud if that like just putting it out there and it garnered like a lot of attention and i started to realize wow man if you like put your best effort and like you know put yourself out there like people are going to notice and that's kind of mm-hmm. what sparked me to continue and get better at djing and creating those mixes so that that's what started my headbang gang like mixed yeah uh, volumes that i um so i had um that was number one i released that way back in i think 2018 right before new year's or 2017 Mm -hmm. and i just released the sixth rendition a few months ago so it's just kind of like a cool tradition now that um i've been doing so the the fourth one is was my biggest one so that Mm -hmm. was actually right before covid it was supposed to be an after party set after excision came to town. It was at this warehouse and I had it all planned out and it was like, I put so much time into it. And then unfortunately someone the night before I was day two, night one had broken into the warehouse and like the landlord like was like no more shows here. And so they canceled oh, day two. Yeah. So, like It was pretty devastating. Like we were pretty upset. I'm, like just sad, like disappointed at the end of the day. So I released it and mm-hmm. to date it's like my number one mix thing I've ever produced. So it's got like, I don't even know, over a hundred something thousand plays and like 6,000 likes, which is just wild. Like to think here yeah, I am dude. just some Minnesota kid just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. Like over 180,000, like a lot. And that's on SoundCloud too. Like that is a lot on SoundCloud. Yeah, man. Yeah. And- so and I wanted to talk more about SoundCloud because I keep hearing and I keep seeing like that SoundCloud's dead and everyone is moving over towards, you know, Spotify and Apple. And mm-hmm. you continue to post on SoundCloud and it seems like you continue to do really well on SoundCloud too. <laughs> do you know like what's going on Thank there? It, 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 it... I feel like SoundCloud is where the real listeners are. Um, mm-hmm. Like Spotify streams, like nowadays there's so many like it's at the end of the day, music industry can be a lot of it be like pay to play. So like a lot mm-hmm. of streams can be garnered from like paying like a promotional marketing company and yes. they just boost your track bunch. Um, bots are very prevalent too. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like I started it for the music, not for like the cloud or like the streams and stuff like that. And SoundCloud has kind of been like a safe haven for me personally. Like I've had a, a lot of just like, I can put whatever I want on there. Like, my remixes or unofficial stuff and it just is like a cool platform 
Whereas like SoundCloud or no, sorry, Spotify and like iTunes, those are like official records. So mm-hmm. that's like great. You can do it. Like all my official releases are on there, but really SoundCloud is where I, people share it more and you can garner more interest. And I have like, it's like my whole profile, like my whole, I guess say like packages on SoundCloud. So I really just like that community, honestly. Yeah, man, it's like more for the people than on Spotify or anything else. And that yeah, is interesting so- that you talked about how on Spotify, it really is pay to play. And I'll see so many artists that have a lot, a lot of likes and a lot of streams on Spotify, but then I go to their SoundCloud and it's like, it's dead. So it's so interesting yeah. to see like you <laughs> having a lot of success on there. And it's, I don't I don't know what it is. Like if it's being genuine or just like actually putting out stuff out there that people like, I don't know. Hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, thank you. I appreciate it. It's um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I, I think like with Spotify, like you can kind of fake it a little bit more. Um, and what I see, I want to be, my whole concept for my project was I wanted to get really good at music and then start to build my brand. So mm. I didn't really post anything for a while. Um, even on SoundCloud, I was kind of hesitant to like post anything until I was like sufficient. So now that I feel like mm. finally, you know, after four years of grinding and producing, I'm making things that I, I really like and I'm starting to push my branding out and it feels more fulfilling than trying to put on a, a show and be like, Hey, check out this really cool, like after party brand. And then you go check me out and I have like nothing there to show for. Yeah. So yeah. yeah man. And now you got a whole catalog of, of mixes of remixes I saw and originals. Yeah. 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 A lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of remixes have been doing really well. <laughs> um, some of them were just like, for fun projects like i've done one with like sully he's one of the mentors i've been working with and um in our like group he had like a remix competition for one of his older songs and i ended up you know doing one and he reposted it and it like has it's like my best song on soundcloud right now which is yeah. pretty crazy so yeah man and again how did you find these mentors is that also from facebook yeah literally facebook like um he so one of the guys, his name is Sean. He like had reached out to me and was like, Hey, like I just wanted to connect, you know, it's really funny. Cause at first, like I was very just like guard up. Like, I don't really want to like, somebody's probably trying to like get me to do something I don't want to do. Mm. Um, but after talking um, to him and seeing like what he had to offer, it was probably the biggest gamble I've ever taken. And that was like betting on myself um, at the end of the day, like you know, there's always a cost to everything and music, like a lot of courses are pretty expensive. It's almost like a college course for a lot of these like bigger music, um, like courses and programs that people have. But at the end of the day, I was like, all right, well, do you believe in yourself? And is this something that you want to do and you're going to put the work in? And I said, yes. So I like kind of just dove headfirst in and I was like one of the first people in this program. Mm -hmm. And this was what, two years, two and a half years ago? No, two years ago in November, I started. And now I'm a mentor in that program. So I work mm-hmm. with a lot of the students who now are in the same program that, you know, gave me the jump start I needed. And it's been very fulfilling. Like uh, I do feedback sessions on Sundays now. And it's so exciting to kind of help 
these up and coming guys just like understand the things that I wish I knew when I was first starting and really get their music to the next level. Yeah, man. It sounds like in your growth as a producer that having these mentors and having a community has been like very, very helpful for you and very important. Is that is that true? Absolutely. That yeah. I think having a group of people who have the same vision and honestly are doing the things that you want to do there is, and that goes in like anything in life. You can find someone who's doing the things that you want and walk in there, walk their path. Like you're going to, it's going to take you places and you're going to see things that you wouldn't have realized on your own. So music is already a big community based um, environment. And so being able to work with producers and have that connection is something that I've kind of always wanted um, in the producer world. You know, there's a lot of people that are kind of like to themselves and some people like to like gatekeep and stuff like that. And if you can find yourself like a, like a buddy or a group of people that are willing to come together, it can be created a, you know, a very powerful thing and you can have some really cool results from it. Yeah, man. You do see that some people want to gatekeep down like, and they don't really want to let, newcomers in or help them out or anything yeah i mean at the end of the day it's like uh i mean it's kind of all things like <laughs> this guy could come for my job right or he could take my mm. spot like so, <laughs> um like there's i mean naturally there's like a professional level you have to meet but at the end of the day you know it is a business and if somebody comes too big or blows up too fast that's like one less spot for someone that's doing it so there is this competitiveness and like some not all djs but it ego is a big part of you know the producers a lot of guys you know think they're super sick um and mm -hmm. they like to keep it that way you know what i mean so it's it's cool to have like a group that are teaching people to you know get to that level and become better definitely yeah man and again just having a community that's always there to help you and motivate you and keep you keep you focused yeah yeah, yeah. people sharing their wins and little successes and, you know it goes a long way yes yeah. yeah on this journey have you ever felt like lost at all or like that you weren't on the right path i felt i guess i would say like i felt very discouraged at times um mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I've ever felt like, like quitting. Cause just like me as a person, like, I just like, don't quit things. I just like, I'm very like determined. Like, that's just like my personality, but there have been times where I'm like, you suck. Like you're so bad. Like, mm -hmm. no, like you're not going to get like, this isn't going to get better. Like, and of course there's always external factors that really can weigh on you as a producer, like mentally, if, especially early on, if you're not, things outside of music aren't going well. It can really impact how you feel because now you're not making the music you like and you know, you're not having fun outside of it. So it's just not fun. And yeah. you just got to take a step back sometimes and take a break. Like I'm not saying like a long break, but you know, just don't think about it for a few days, maybe even a week, just go do some things that are, you like and enjoy doing. Like for me, I love video games. Like growing up, mm -hmm. that's like my favorite thing. So go zone out, go play a fun game for a little bit or go out with your friends, just enjoy life a little bit and then come back to it. And, you know, your perspective shifts and your mind and your energies, it works. It's all in one. And if you're feeling good and you're excited and you have this like motivation in your head to like get something written, you're going to write a lot faster than just sitting there frustrated, trying to come up with the next big hit. 
just staring at your screen. Definitely, man. You need some balance. You can't be all like grind, grind, grind on your music. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How how do you manage to balance working on your production and music with with everything else in life? Yeah. So for me, um, I try to compartmentalize like my day. I like have so I work a traditional like nine to five. I like, go to work, pays my bills. Like that's mm-hmm. what I do. So during that eight hours, I'm just strictly work. But then as soon as that clock turns to five and I'm off now I shift to like creative mode. So mm-hmm. for me recently, um, inspiration comes like all the time and something that I saw that I don't always have the luxury of doing that. Some like full-time producers like Zed's dead. They said like, if an idea comes to their head, they just go act on it. Right. They go in the mm-hmm. studio, but a lot of people, you know, they don't have that opportunity. Right. Like we all have like most of us are working. We have, this is kind of like a part-time thing until it's not. And so what I do is I have this voice recorder on my phone and I'll have this like idea that pops into my head and I'll be like, Oh, sweet. And I'll just like sing it into the the voice recorder and I'll mm-hmm. save it for, and then I'll come into the studio. Like, Oh yeah, that idea that I had earlier, I'll listen back to it. And then my brain will, it'll re-trigger that, mm-hmm. that sounds that I had. So that's what gives me inspo and I just can take an idea and run with it from there. Um, that's how I kind of get started now. Yeah, man. So you're able to still capitalize on these like, random moments of inspiration that you have, even if you're not at a time when you can go to the studio and start working on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, man. I did, I did the same thing. Heck yeah. <laughs> did, did some voice memos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. I wanted to talk more about your, your SoundCloud. Like you said, you just started posting these mixes and mm-hmm. they kind of just started blowing up, right? Yeah, like mm-hmm. just post them and my friends like would just repost them. And then mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just like this like domino effect. Like next thing you know, like people are like, oh, cool. This is like getting around, getting around. And then, like I said, the fourth one was like the big one like i had three mm-hmm. the third one did the best but then the fourth one has blown everything else pretty much out of the water um i just think at that time there is at that time there's a lot of good music out and mm-hmm. i had basically had like perfected in my mind the the track locations the transitions like everything was like laid out to a t and i think that's what helped it be so successful um but for me just like seeing that happened from just me putting in the work has mm-hmm. given and that's kind of what has kept me motivated throughout the production life cycle and and continuing to release stuff because i know that it, if i do my best and it's good enough for me then chances are someone else will enjoy it so it's always as a as an artist you should always do things you know for yourself and what makes you happy and i mm-hmm. guarantee if that's fulfilling for you it's going to be fulfilling for someone else yeah, man. Yeah. And you really didn't do that that much marketing either, right? You just had some friends repost it and it grew from there. Yeah. Just like friends who are <laughs> ravers, just throwing it out. And um, granted, it was like, it has to sound good too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, just organically. And then one of our like girlfriends, she kind of had like a raver page and posted it on there. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just you just never know who's watching. So for mm-hmm. me, SoundCloud like 
there's always bigger artists kind of like searching like and that's the thing why soundcloud is that's kind of where a lot of like the underground stuff is and like mm-hmm. artists bigger artists are always looking for like that underground for their sets and that's mm-hmm. how they ended up finding you so come to find out one of my second release i ever had just like sort of blowing up like getting a bunch of likes and i was like dude what the heck like somebody i knew somebody somewhere had seen it but i didn't know who or what mm. so fast forward to last year we're in denver at our at our meetup with our producer group like mm-hmm. those guys that were helping me um i was just there um hanging out with my girlfriend and we're at mission ballroom and Sully goes up, does his thing, and then Jansen comes on next. And we're just sitting there like five in. All of a sudden I hear like this intro and I'm like, wait a minute, that like sounds like really familiar. And all of a sudden I like it all hits me at once. I'm like freaking out. I look at like my my girlfriend and her best friend, I'm like, you guys, this is my song. Like he's playing yes. my song right now. And dude, he freaking played my song in front of like four thousand people and i was like losing my mind like yeah. it was the most <laughs> surreal moment ever as in my whole like career i was just like losing like borderline in tears because i was like holy crap like this guy has been a huge inspiration and he's such a big artist he's playing my track and i'm in, like how like how do you even find i and at the time come to find out like artists send their tracks to people and i hadn't sent it to anybody he just like mm-hmm. had so i had found out that heckler had played it at Lost Lands the year before and mm-hmm. now we're in like the springtime. So it was just like pretty crazy. Like, like I said, you just, my whole point is like, you never know who's out there looking and you never know who's going to get a hold of your music. And um, that can be what changes the game for you. Man. I cannot imagine like the emotions or the feelings you felt hearing your song in the wild at a concert yeah. yet <laughs> what the heck <laughs> yeah dude, i was losing my mind like couldn't even believe it and that happened and so okay so it happens one time whatever sure like that's cool it's exciting then fast forward to las vegas subtronics mm-hmm. anti-fractal tour this year went with some buddies we're in the merch line like in the back of the show like you like just goofing around we're waiting for the merch and this, my buddy next to me he goes like dude, that's your song coming on. And a <laughs> hundred drums was playing. She's opening up. And I'm like, mm. like, you guys are just blowing smoke up my butt. Like, no way. Like I can't hear, like, I can barely even hear it. And I, he's like, no, dude, like, I swear, like they're, they're playing it. Mm-hmm. And I go, what? So we go sprint out and I go like, oh my gosh, that is like my other song. Like my third song that I dropped. And lo and behold, I got a video of her playing my song in Vegas, like on that tour. And that was just like, again for me i was just like this is nuts and for me that was kind of like what really showed me like this is i'm doing the right thing like um yes. I'm on the right path. like i love like and that's what is kind of garnered that love for music i mean that's insane and that's just the shows that you were at like i can't even imagine how many times your songs have been played by that shows you weren't at you know for sure yeah <laughs> exactly like who knows some, how many times but it's just really cool that just even that one time is enough you know it, it's just fulfilling enough definitely so. and i definitely think that you're right that a lot of these artists are looking for stuff that really no one else is playing and soundcloud is the go-to place for that would you agree yeah like like whenever i'm looking for like a really cool remix like my favorite thing to do is like a popular song and you're like okay well we've heard this a million times over 
And you just go into SoundCloud and you go like name of song and like remix. And then there'll be like, there'll be some lot of bad ones, but then there'll be like one. You're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And SoundCloud, you can usually, there's a free download link for a lot of that stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. yours. You just got to follow them. And now you have this really cool underground remix. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, that most people that are listening to your mix have never heard before either, you know? Or mm-hmm. DJing live. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. cool, man. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. We're lucky that we have SoundCloud, that it's still a thing. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Like, there's these mediums, like, and I'm sure people are, yeah, like, starting to gravitate. Like, a lot of people, like, naturally, they listen to on, like, um spotify and itunes is like the go-to streaming service for sure but when it comes to like when people are at like festivals they like they go to mixes they everything is on soundcloud like your favorite mm-hmm. like big john summit mix is on soundcloud like all the big artists they post the things that they can't really post on apple music or spotify on soundcloud so there's mm-hmm. still like that that market and still can get a lot of traffic for that kind of stuff. Definitely, man. And just like you said, you really only post your original tracks on Spotify, right? And then everything else is on SoundCloud? Yeah. So I have a lot of, um, yeah, everything I post like officially on SoundCloud that isn't a like remix is on uh, Spotify and Apple Music. And that's cool and all, but like what's cool about soundcloud is i can upload my works in progress which is not a lot of people get to see but a lot of like artists they have like tracks that aren't quite ready to release but mm-hmm. you can listen to them on soundcloud so i like listen to my track that's been bounced out and like would be listenable and i can i always listen to it like in the car and other places so it's cool like as a medium to really hone in on your mixes and fix things that you don't like hearing all the time yeah, man, before before you share with everyone else, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a little popular, like send it to your buddy and be like, what do you think of yeah. this? They'll give you some feedback. So, yeah. That's <laughs> it, man. Can you sure. talk a little bit more about your growth as a producer? Because I saw, like, for example, on your SoundCloud, you started with mixes, then you did remixes. And now you have, like, the, over the past year and a half, you said, your own original songs, which is super exciting. And they're doing well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So again, remixes. It's starting out like doing an original track is like so hard. Like it's really hard to come up with something. So remixes are really nice because you have the key, you have like some of the main sounds, and like the idea. Basically, like the hard part's already done, and you can kind of establish your personality into the remix. So for me, I think I did. The first remix like I ever did was it was kind of like a challenge to myself. Um, still probably like two years into producing, like not really knowing exactly what I'm doing, uh, but pulling mm-hmm. out all the stops to get it to sound right. And it was a get to you remix by Spag Hetty. Um, it was a competition that he did. And so I just did it. I submitted it. Um, took me a long time. Made sure everything was like as good as I could at the time. Mm-hmm. And he did the review session and like on like Twitch or something. I wasn't even in like the top, whatever. Like I didn't even make the list. I was like, dang it. Like that's all good. So whatever. I'll still post it on SoundCloud. And it like, like was like started to like, people started listening to it, listening to it. And all of a sudden, like, I think if you were to go on SoundCloud right now, it might be like the number one or two remix for that 
Um, Dude, yeah. It's pretty crazy. So that was like a good testament to like, okay, cool. You're starting to like your sound, whatever you're doing is like good. People are listening to what you're doing. So not all things are created equally though. So I did another remix for a like Trampa song that he had and that one kind of flopped. That's probably like my worst. <laughs> yeah. And that was, you know, so not everything yeah. is going to be a big hit and maybe only a, like a hundred, some people liked it. Like it, it flopped pretty good. It wasn't honestly the listening to it now. It's not my best song ever, but um, I like to keep it there as like a reminder, like, Hey, this is like literally like two years ago, you were making this. And then if I were to play one of my songs to date, like that growth, like, and I have to remind myself, I'm like, and you can, I'm like, kind of like fascinated. Like, dang, dude, like how far you've come in like two years, just because you just continually worked on it. So mm-hmm. remixes are a great way to start. It's a good way to kind of get your ideas out easier because there's already a foundation laid. Um, and so for production, so helping me get better, one of the cool tricks is having like a reference track mm-hmm. for your original track. So you're basically just having like a song that you like and basically for lack of a better term, like imitating that track with yours. So like following the intro, like, okay, how long is their bill? And you can like segment out your, your um, DAW to like match theirs. And then basically you can use that as a foundation for yours. So I just listen to, okay, what kind what does their intro sound like? What do they have in theirs? And I just kind of input what I have for like ambient effects and like drones and things like that. Any like vocals and you, it's kind of like copying to a certain degree, but naturally like you're not copying them, <laughs> you're yeah, just kinda, but it's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheels. So, like here's a professional track that's already done. All you need to do is have the same foundation they did and you can build upon that as well. So that's what I've been doing to at least that's what I was doing for a while now I've kind of just been doing that inspo with the, the phone speaker, but that's a really good way to get yourself started on a new track. Mm-hmm. And to learn how to make something that sounds professional and then something that you like too, like it's already proven. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the getting it professionally sound definitely takes a while. Like it's so mm-hmm. funny. I wish I had an audio <laughs> file of my first track, like in its inception, just a bunch of, this is, it's kind of like, dubstep throw up if you will like mm-hmm. all these sounds coming at you at once <laughs> like all these like, serum presets hitting you all at one time and then yeah. it, in your head it's like you're like going hard but it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound good in actuality so but it's fun it's fun though it's that's what makes it fun mm-hmm. what did, is there anything specific that you found was helpful to making your mixes sound professional and clean and loud and all those things that people are trying to get their tracks yeah so for me it was talking to and like getting feedback from multiple different artists so like having one guy like to one and this is probably the toughest part about music is it's all at the end of the day subjective however Mm -hmm. quality and mix down and mastering is not that's like making a professional level track and the sounds is is something that's standardized but mm-hmm. as far as what sounds good is subjective so um a little side note whenever i'm like talking to someone or giving feedback i never try to like shoot down their idea or say like it's just mm-hmm. bad i try to like encourage them on how to make it better or you know give them an idea so 
my point with that is, you know, working with other artists who are bigger than you and I would send them my track and I'd be like, okay, well, how does it sound? And they'd be like, well, listen to me, listen to when I put it in my DAW and like when I do it, you go see how it's like missing these different elements. I don't know what it is when another person puts, whenever you put your track in someone else's DAW, it always sounds worse than when you're listening to it, but it's a good reality check. And it really just helps you like understand, oh, okay, well, it's missing a lot of like the low mid information. And this is like what I do to fill in that frequency range. So a lot of trial and error, like mixing and mastering itself is like, there's guys that, have like tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment that like do those like high level tracks. So mm-hmm. for me, um, there's a lot of cool plugins like um, like Ozone is really good um, for like understanding frequency range. Like um, I think it's called tonal control. Like you can see like based on, you can input like a, a different track like at a professional that have done and then put yours in and it'll tell you what parts of your track are lacking or need more help. And that can help you focus on those different areas. At the end of the day, it just comes down to making each individual track as clean and as loud as possible. And then Mm -hmm. the cleaner it is, this is something that I've kind of recently learned is like the cleaner you can get a sound, the more you can push it to become louder. Mm -hmm. So, instead of just mixing things loud, kind of like lazily, I guess. And it sounds loud, but it's not quite there. If you can get it really clean, but you can beef it up with those post-processing, you get a nice rack there and you can clean that up. It's going to make your mix. It's going to sound cleaner. And then when you go to increase and boost those levels in the mastering, it's going to sound clean still. So it's uh, I know it was kind of a long winded answer, but it's a <laughs> kind of a, yeah. it's, a long question yeah so awesome man are there any plugins i know you mentioned crm specifically Mm -hmm. but um anything else that you use consistently like your go-to plugins like external and internal because you use ableton right yeah absolutely so i have a couple like there's a lot of like b-frax that kind of like just naturally like boost the sound like the fundamental sound Mm -hmm. um as far as like go-to's like a big one that I love is like glue compressor is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You put it at the end of your chain. So usually have like an EQ, take out that low end. Then a lot of guys use OTT that kind of balance the sound out. I usually, I don't really like using OTT as much. Um, I just like having like just this big beefy sound and then just like mm-hmm. EQ. So um, saturator is big. Um, one of my go-to plugins that I love is by minimal audio It's called rift. It's like a distortion plugin mm. and it's got a bunch of cool presets. Um, proto hype. I did like one single one-on-one. He goes, yeah, I've been using this thing called rift. It's pretty cool. And I was like, okay. And so, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's really sweet. It's like, it has a bunch of cool presets and you can get some really unique sounds out of it, um, that you normally wouldn't like, you could just put in like a straight up sample and there's like granular stuff there's like tonal stuff filtering effects and you can like resample it and then just play with that so rift if you don't have rift like highly recommend getting that um and i'm trying to think of any other like go-tos that are like are my favorite um erosion's pretty cool adding some weird textures in there 
but basically like glue compressor rift and just like kind of those like beef tracks and then like bouncing it out and some filtering can be really cool on stuff so yeah yeah man and you also mentioned that you've done a few different remix competitions right um yeah they were just like public ones um early on i did a couple of those and then like i said we had some like internal ones of like chris like solid or sully i should say um yeah and he basically goes yeah you know if you if it if i like it you can just post it on soundcloud and i'll repost it type situation yeah but dude uh remix competitions are are great though if it's um whether it's like a big artist it's really cool to just get creative because you can Mm -hmm. kind of do whatever you want it's like just a competition you know it doesn't really matter like end of the day it doesn't really matter like you're just putting your artistry out there so if you ever see artists doing like i'm doing a remix for this they'll send you the stems and Mm -hmm. i would just recommend doing it because who knows end of the day someone could like it somewhere and it could be the next step and growing as a so you saw that on instagram or facebook or where do you find these yeah, a lot of so for the remix competitions, a lot of them are I find them on Instagram. They always post mm-hmm. those on Instagram. So follow your favorite artists, um, and they'll usually host a remix competition for something, um, one way or another at some point. Yeah. Awesome, man. I wanted to talk to you about marketing. It sounds like you really haven't done too much marketing, right? <laughs> no, no. So, <laughs> um, like like naturally like i have some guys that i've worked with like it's cool like you can meet some people that do like repost networks on like soundcloud like if you can just get like people and they'll like repost it but as far as like brand marketing is that kind of like what you're referring to any kind of anything that you would be doing to boost your brand outside of making music okay so recently um one of the things I did before I even released a song was establish my brand and what I wanted. And mm. that creatively was extremely challenging because you want to create something that has longevity that you actually like, but at the same time you need to create something right away. So like, it's kind of like your first idea is also going to be like your last idea almost, which mm. if you're going to do music for a while, the first thing you think of might not be the best. So it's, yeah. it can be nerve wracking um getting that set up but for me i just went through a bunch of like logo designs like i think i have a scrapbook somewhere where it's just like my name's after party right i just Mm -hmm. decided to stick with it um and to release my first track i had to build a logo so i was like oh man like what do i want to do i ended up talking to this one graphic designer one recommend him honestly he was really hard he's difficult he was higher Mm -hmm. up in the ranks but he just kept like giving me ideas like he wasn't putting like i'd seen his work really good like professional level like you're like okay this is sick like he's got to have something cool and he just kept giving me these like half-baked it's like the idea i gave him and then he just goes is this what you wanted and just like at a elementary school level just like kind of like finished it out and i was like no that's not at all so i kind of just was like you know what forget it i want something simple like for me simple is is better so my um after party symbol i just go you know what just draw it like this and i was a big fan of uh like elder scrolls at the time so there's mm-hmm. like this symbol in elder scrolls that it kind of reminds me of I'm like all right just do it like that and use this as like the front as like the main work and he goes okay how about this and i go 
sure. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just, this guy, like way too much money for the most simple design. But now this is, that's the design that I have is that a simple and mm. he kind of made it what it was. And a lot of people have liked it. And I really like it too, because it's simple. And I feel like it's embodies kind of my vision as a brand. So that's, yeah, just having that something that you like as, you know, representative of your brand is a good place to start. Now, as far as like marketing and branding, I just started doing that kind of stuff now. So I actually just started working on some merchandise recently with that mm. logo. Um, like I said, the music has always come first. So this is something that's newer to me, the marketing and branding, but you know, people, have, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback for the branding that I've done. Um, and the logos that have been made for me, a big help if, especially if you're a dude is to have a girlfriend. Because <laughs> 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 I, me personally, I'm not a huge social media guy. Like I don't really like posting and like this is that, but my girlfriend is actually my manager now. Um, mm. I met her in the scene and we've been together for almost six years now. So she's like been my, like, you know, your best friend. And then they're all here, like putting all your stuff out and, you know, girls have girlfriends and it's always good to get like people like liking your stuff. So she's really been a big part of that um, bouncing ideas off of like, you know, where do you want to put the logo? Like what type of merchandise do you want? Like, what do you like about this artist merchandise and what do we want for ours? So she's like real big into like art and graphic design. So she's been a really big inspiration and in helping me like w- where I want to go with like the merchandising and marketing side. Um, yeah. She's been a big part. So that's so nice, man, to have someone in your life that is so supportive and, and helpful too. And, and you growing as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely so that's um I, that's a big part just being able to find someone and it doesn't have to be like someone like that it could just be like someone that believes in you you know at the end of the day yes. like you know i you can always believe in yourself but to have a little extra support can get you through those those down times so finding that little rock yeah. is good because those down times they do come they do come for sure they do yeah. <laughs> and you probably have more downs than ups, but the ups are so great. That's what gets you through the downs. So yes, yeah, like the time that you heard your song. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah, like that. Me, like that's enough to just keep grinding, grinding, grinding. So yeah, yes, yes, awesome, man. Well, I want to know, like, what what's next for you? What what are your goals? Where, where do you see yourself in you know five years potentially? Yeah, hopefully <laughs> in the next five years. Like my yeah. dream. And play Lost Lands like that was like oh. where my favorite festival ever. Like Paradise Blue is also up there. Like those excision festivals are major. Um, for me, my next step is getting songs out there on like labels. I do have some like collabs kind of coming out with some bigger artists, so I'm hoping that would be like a good platform to kind of get my name out there some more. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, what I'm really focusing on for 2024 is consistency just having a track list of songs that i want to release um some that i want to self-release just to get more songs out there um i have to you know to some degree but then also like leveraging my connections and sending things out to labels and that's where i want to garner those like streams on spotify and um, apple music is if you can get a label release they kind of do all of that marketing for you so that's uh 
it's gone from here to being like, you know, localized, like sure people from around probably heard of you too. Like, Oh yeah, he's, he's on subsidia. He's played, he's got to release Humble Khan. Like this guy mm-hmm. is now a big player. So that's like my next step. It's a big step, but that's what's next for me. Yeah, man. Do you know anything about that, about the process and how you even get a song on a label? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a long process. Basically you're like, Hey, I hear some songs to the label, you know, thanks for your consideration. And you just send it away to there's like email promotion emails and you may not hear back for six to eight months and may not get accepted. So that's why it's been, I've been refraining from sending music out to labels, honestly, just because I feel like I'm, things are getting bad, making better music, but also it's like, yeah, I mean, a song when you're, I'll put it this way. Like I've only been producing four years. The songs I was making like six to 12 months ago probably aren't label ready based mm-hmm. on the music I'm making now. So now the songs that I'm making, I'll, I make a couple side ones that I want to send out, but yeah, it's long and there's no guarantee. So um, it can help. I've heard if you have somebody that's already released on a label, that's hearsay. Um, they can help like push it through a little bit, but a lot of people tell you not to do that. So it's kind of a crap shoot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Unless you so, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea it took that long rather than if you self-release, obviously it's pretty much instant. Yeah. yeah. Like Coming out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the best strategy, but uh, unless you're a Skrillex, you can just be like, Hey, surprise album. Uh, it's coming out Friday and then <laughs> again, second album next week. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. Once you get up there, then you have more power with the labels or whoever you're working with, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's like one of those things, like once you get in, then it's like a lot easier, but like getting in is the hard part mm-hmm. at the end. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, yeah. I feel like I've learned like so much from you, Joe. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. I yeah. want you to, Tell the people that are listening, where where can they find you? Where can they find your work? Yeah, so um, SoundCloud is a big one. Uh, my name is yeah. After Ricky. It's just a picture of me. I think I just switched it. I'm just going like, hey, I'm at a show uh, performing at a venue. So um, SoundCloud was where a lot of my mixes are, remixes, and all my originals are there. Some things that um, you wouldn't hear on Spotify. And my, I just released my Gold Rush set for um, Arizona. So it has oh, yeah. a lot like IDs that aren't out yet that I'm pretty proud of. So that's a big spot. You can find me on Spotify as well. Apple music after party um, picture of me with some of my songs and then Instagram. Uh, I go by after party AZ. So those are all my social handles. Awesome, man. Your gold rush set has a lot of your tracks that are unreleased. Yeah. So my, the oh. intro is like an intro I made and um, yeah, like all all me was for the intro and i've probably got like five or six ids just mixed in throughout so um if you ever hear a song you're like oh i wonder what that is uh, you can't find it. it's probably one of my unreleased ones that's uh, so cool that you're able to play these these sets with your own music yes yeah. that is what's gonna separate you as an artist right it's now you're playing your own tracks live and that's what it's all about man like um, I just saw Kelsium last weekend and his whole set was just like his music. And it was just like, that's like the full nature. It's like a full circle moment. Like 
you are now like truly people are experiencing you and what you have to offer when you play your own music. So no better feeling than when people are going crazy and it's your song um, that's playing live. So that, I can't imagine, man. That is yeah. so cool. <laughs> man, I mean, you, you'll one day you're going to have your shit out there too, dude. And like yeah. that. Yeah. It's a dream. It's a dream. Yeah. It's why we're doing this. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Yeah. Trust me. It's you'll get there. Like you will. You can. If you believe in yourself, hundred percent, you're gonna find somebody that's gonna end up ripping your track and then they're gonna be like, hey, dude, mm-hmm. you heard this? And you're like, that's mine. <laughs> uh-huh. So awesome, brother. Awesome, Joe. Thanks for taking the time again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And yeah, I feel like I've learned so much. Uh, Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Just search What We Started EDM. I'm your host, Ted, and I talk EDM.